0: Today on the Zabecast, what would it sound like if Kim Jong Un had to ask somebody at the DMZ? Uh, is there a bathroom nearby? Mike Francesa's return, as pompous as ever. My night at B Dubs last night with listeners watching the caps be clutch, and maybe the dumbest and most needless way to die I've ever seen. If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Wednesday, May 2nd, 2018. Happy birthday, brother Jim, who turns 52 years old today. Hopefully, you get out there and do something you like to do today. Thanks for pressing play here on the ZabeCast. Thanks for being able to tolerate just one last hour, or almost an hour, of little old me. Went to B-Dubs last night in Gaithersburg. Myself, Scott Lynn, and Steve Solomon. The whole show clan up the road from our Rockville studios. And we went last night as just sort of an impromptu, I suggested it, unpaid appearance of sorts, a sort of a listener outreach, in which, because Buffalo Wild Wings had signed on as a sponsor this year, the station, and I do genuinely like going there, because, you know, I'm a big wing fanatic, I said, hey, why don't we, if, if your franchisees don't mind, uh, why don't you let me bring a couple of listeners, and we'll talk about it and tweet about it and just, you know, further tell people, you yeah, know, beat up's great place to go. So they said, fine, you can do that. So I invited four listeners to come and bring a friend. And, of course, the wings were on me, beer not included. Neither was the tip, which we did take care of. More on that in a second. And the wings, of course, were really on the station. And they were on the marketing department of Buffalo Wild Wings. But, okay, I didn't go out of pocket, but still, I gave my generous time and face, and attention to my listeners, whom I love every single one of them, and I love hearing how they consume the show, and I love hearing feedback about what they think of this, and what they think of that, and there's always that little bit of gossip about other people on the station, and I really love this guy. I don't like that guy so much, and believe me, I'm sure they say that about me when Doc Walker, or Chris Cooley, or Bram Weinstein, or Scott Jackson go out and meet people, that's Saban, he's an asshole, I hate that guy. So yeah, it was just great to meet everyone. Great stories. Interesting how far flung in terms of age and background and life experience the listeners of my show are, and it's cool to get them together and just to hear everyone's story. Uh, Will Durkee was one of the first guys to respond. He played ice hockey in the area and Bowie growing up, Uh, played ice hockey at VMI, and brought his lovely bride-to-be... From Brazil, and I, God, I forgot her name. It's killing me. I got to get a system for learning and remembering names better. I know there's a lot of books on it out there and tricks and whatever. And there's that great scene in The Office where Michael Scott uses his patented method for remembering guys like Big Face and Pimple Head and you're uh, <laughs> overweight, whatever. But I come to these events and I meet six, seven, eight people. Right, like that. Bing, bang, boom, bang, boom. And they're usually very basic names: John, Bill, Tim, Jay, Roger. It's not like names you would regular uh, that would be easy to remember. Hi, I'm Ezekiel. Oh, hi, I'm Jebediah. Anyone can remember that. Who's the J? Who's the John? Who's the Bill? Who's the Tim? It gets to be a bit confusing. I need to do better at that, but I'll I'll try. I almost think that maybe I should just literally have a piece of paper and just say, "Hold on a second, let me get your name." last name maybe I could ask for people's emails like hey I want to keep in touch so uh okay what's your name all right all right Will and uh, uh last name and uh your email but then that gets tedious and that sort of ruins the moment as well anyway uh Will's lovely bride-to-be they're getting married in three months is from Brazil and when I was talking to her and meeting her I'm like you don't sound Brazilian like how long have you been in the stage she's like three years I'm like all right well America is beating that accent right out of you. But uh, she was great. Um, She loves hockey now, despite not having played it or been into it. I mean, she's from Brazil, right? Why would she be into ice hockey being from Brazil? But Will taught her the game, even taught her how to skate. Uh, The two of them met on Bumble, which is the female-driven version of Tinder. And they're getting married in three months. And yes, you people that saw the photo on my Twitter feed of the group, you need to calm down. Who's who's the good? Who's the cute? The snicky in the front row. She's engaged to handsome Will, the thirty-five-year-old hockey player. Settle the fuck down. Also, Joni was uh, there. Brought uh, her husband uh, Paul with her. Joni is a former FBI field officer. Still works. In the uh, in the bureau, but in management, and was telling stories about you know traipsing through the woods, tracking white supremacist groups in the far west, where they would set up you know booby traps, and trip wires, and crazy shit like that. Joni is great, and uh, she once Joni her claim to fame with my show is that at the Super Bowl one year when I was doing the show with Chris Cooley in the afternoons, Cooley being a forgetful guy that just leaves stuff lying around, left his belt. His belt at the radio broadcast position at Radio Row. And I said, you know what? I'm going to teach him a lesson. And I put a picture of the belt up on eBay. (laughs) I'm like, genuine Chris Cooley-worn belt. Size 34, whatever the case was. And Joni bit on it because she's a big listener and a big fan. It was a big joke. And I ended up showing the listing to Cooley. Cooley's like, did I leave my belt here the next day? And I go, I don't know. I haven't seen it. And then I pretend to go, hey, man, I was just on eBay. This is weird. Is this the belt here? And I show Cooley the eBay listing for his belt. And he just sort of rolls his eyes. He's like, yeah, ha-ha. Why'd you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. Thought it'd be funny. We ended up taking it off eBay and Joni. I refunded Joni her money. But yeah, so Alan uh, was there with his son, Jay. Uh, they were big fans. Uh, Alan said how... He thought Cooley came off like a bully a lot of the time. Kind of mean and kind of a bully. I go, to who? Kevin Sheehan? He's like, yeah, basically. And I said, yeah, but Sheehan needs some bullying. (laughs) If that's how it comes off, Sheehan could use a stiff pushback. He also said, well, he was like that way with you in the afternoons. And I said, yeah, Cooley could be that way. But I love Cooley. I mean, he's the best. He, He really... Interesting guy, not a bad guy at all. And when it comes to football and things he knows, he is not going to back down. Not going to back down. So I didn't mind that, but it was funny just to hear that. Neil in Rockville, the longtime show counsel, show lawyer was there. Joe Foster was there. He was in our fantasy league. Solly was there pimping for votes with his T-shirts. Vote Steve Solomon for Montgomery County Council. Uh, Elections coming up June 24th for those who live in Montgomery County, Maryland. I'll make sure to vote, or better yet, vote absentee. You can vote anytime right now. Let's put Solly in office so someday he can resign from office in disgrace. Ha <laughs> just kidding. So when we were at B-dubs, people were noticing in the little video clip I sent after the OV goal that made it 4-3, win a winner, chicken dinner, the minute, and change to go. They're like, man, there's not a lot of people there. And I'm like, well, there's a reason for that. And this is no fault of the uh, Gaithersburg location whatsoever, but there was a power outage that hit the local, like the block that the restaurant was on, and so the gas station next door, their power was out. Some some surge happened, power goes out. Power kicked on shortly thereafter, but what happened was one of the deep fryers at the B Dubs working on like battery backup. It stayed, it kept, like they've got the things that lower the baskets of wings in and they time them and they come on out. Well, when the power went out, it jammed the circuits of the electronic whatever. And so the wings started to burn and then the smoke got up into the smoke detector. That then kicked off a secondary fire alarm and the fire department had to come out. uh, And everyone was told after about 10 minutes of this, like, yeah, we got to really get out of the place. Wasn't a crisis. Wasn't an emergency, and we went right back in. At least me and my group went back in after about five minutes. But guess what? Many of the restaurant goers said, Oh, well, fire alarm. Guess I'm just going to go. Guess I don't have to pay for my food or drink. And they just walked out. They walked out on their bill. That's just mind boggling to me. Not only does the restaurant lose that money, but more importantly, the hardworking servers lose all of that tip money because, yes, there was a fire alarm and you had to evacuate for about five or ten minutes. You, did, you didn't have any sense of, you know what, we need to stick around here. We need to stick around and see when this is over, go back in, make sure we take care of the food that we ate prior to the alarms going off and make sure to tip our server. Very disappointing. Not surprising, but disappointing. Also, I'll, i i got to admit, I didn't see much or hear much Of the game, Once I got home finally after that great moment, great OB goal, off the crossbar, it's hanging in the air, tumbling over and bink, knocks it in. I had to go home and get up to speed on what everyone was saying about the Tom Wilson hit as he has broken Zach Aston Reese's jaw and it will be out for the rest of the playoffs. Penguin fans and Penguin coach Mike Sullivan not happy about it. Barry Trotz doesn't really care at this point what Sullivan has to say. All the pundits seem to say it was probably a clean hit. Wilson's a thumper. Wilson's an agitator. Wilson's a guy that if he wasn't on my team, oh, I would fucking hate his guts. But it seems like most of the hockey pundits, including the Penguins loving and Capitals hating pundits on that NBC Sports Night set, uh, all said pretty much clean hit. Yes, it was originally shoulder to shoulder, but then Wilson's shoulder comes up and catches Aston Reese right on the goodnight button. Mm. That said, I do love watching games at home because I can just I can hear everything, I can see everything, and I would have been tuned in more closely to how the Cavaliers were coming back and how the Raptors were falling apart in their game one at home against Cleveland. I had one eye on that at the B-dubs, but it was hard to sort of concentrate. Plus, I was beaten and greeting, so if I sit there and I'm just like, no, no. no. Don't talk to me. I'm watching the game. People would look at me like a weirdo. So let's talk ratings for a second, shall we? A lot of people raving about the NBA ratings being up, which is good, and there's no question about it. Game 7 of the Pacers Cavaliers scored a 5.4 overnight rating on ABC. That's up 69% from last year and up 74% from a 2016 Game 7 in the first round of Hornets Heat. And compared to last year, first round Game 7 on ABC, Jazz Clippers, later time slot, overnights were also up 29%. So, it's good. The NBA ratings are trending the right direction. Before you get crazy on this, and before you buy into what, like Darren Ravel tweeted saying, if someone asks you why NFL ratings are down and NBA ratings are up double digits, have not watch tape in the last six minutes of Cavs-Pacers Game 7, there'll be no further questions. Yeah, that's, No. <laughs> that was a good game, but let's not kid ourselves. While the while the NBA playoffs game seven with LeBron in it doing LeBron things got a five point four, the NFL draft got a combined 7.0. Now I know there's a lot of apples to oranges. the The NBA game seven was at one o'clock on a Sunday, as the weather finally turned in the East to be beautiful. So you know, that's a tough time slot right there. And the NFL draft was on not one, not two, not three, but like four different outlets. So what if you put the Game 7 Cavs Pacers on four different channels? Would it get better than the NFL draft? Probably not, but I don't know. Maybe it would help, I guess. Here's the bottom line. Forget all that. Game 7 LeBron NFL draft. The draft! The draft gets better ratings than the NBA and their Game 7s. I know it's the first round. Let's see if LeBron makes it to the championships, the Eastern Conference Finals against the Sixers and his presumptive next team and a young Joel Embiid and trust the process. And Those ratings will be very good as well. But the whole notion of, look, the NBA's ratings are rising and the NFL's ratings are falling, that would be like a neighbor who doesn't have a pool coming up to the fence line, looking at your pool, going, "Hey neighbor, hey, I noticed your pool is starting to lose some water. That looks like it's evaporating. Uh, you can see by the edge of the pool, by the tile, it's a couple inches down. <laughs> Might want to take a look at refilling that." Meanwhile, look at my bird bath over here. See that thing? That, that bird bath right there used to almost not have any water. Look, it's almost full now. That bird bath because of that rain we got the other day. So yeah, Get a load of my bird bath. Uh, How to fill that pool? Watch out, your pool's uh, starting to lose water, evaporating a little bit. That's the NFL to the NBA. It's a pool versus a birdbath, so let's not get carried away. On the subject of ratings, we'll see what happens to Mike Francesa and his ratings in this comeback. His first day back on the job after an 18-month retirement that was followed by. Four and a half months of sheer panic as he realized, nobody really gives a shit about me outside of New York City. No media companies are going to clamor to pay me three, four million dollars a year or whatever it was he was making the last go-round at WFAN. Mike Francesa made his comeback and it wasn't long before a caller decided to go ahead and just jump right into it. This was. This is from, by the way, the uh, Twitter account. Back after this. Back after this, which is what Francesca says. Back after. Back after this. At back after this. Also called Funhouse. Now relabeled the Funhouse app because Francesca's talking about this app. Here was Francesca getting it from a caller right away. Hilarious.
1: Robin
2: Brooklyn, what's up, Rob?
0: Mike, how you doing? Good. What's happening? I'm just trying to understand something.
2: Go ahead. Um, you take a year and a half retirement tour, longer than Jeter, longer than A-Rod. Mm-hmm. And now here you are back three months later, like it was mm-hmm. just your summer vacation. Mm-hmm. Why'd you retire in the first place? I retired because I was reti- I really left. You know, sometimes yeah, things but I, happen. I knew you weren't retiring because you
0: said you had like other offers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And now here you are back where you started. <laughs> so what's the problem? So what's the problem? I'm back. What's the problem? I mean, it's probably
2: other people took the job, yeah. you know. I mean, i not saying they well, were great, but, you know. Well, they're still here.
0: They didn't lose their job. Yeah, I love that. They didn't lose their job. They just lost their time slot. And they left other jobs to presumably become the new fixture in New York City, an afternoon drive, which is way more valuable than middays where the CMB show is now. Okay. No,
2: I didn't say they lost. I mean, next year they lose their job. when they Well, contract. how do you know that? You don't know that. But I don't understand what your. What was your motive to leaving? I think you overplayed your hand. I I, I never overplayed my hand. I retired and I meant retirement. I I
1: didn't overplay my hand. First of all, uh, listen, listen, overplaying.
2: Listen, I met with people who (laughs) who had some stuff I wanted. And what they wanted was me to come back. So I started to consider it. And I came back. That's all. That's what it is. The guy who owns the company is the guy I'm. I have a partnership with, along with another company. And one of the things he wanted, as he bought the company, was he said, "I want to put you back on a fan." And more and more, we talked about it. And I said, "You know what?
0: Okay." And yeah. that. Was- you know what? Okay. Yeah, I don't have any other job offers, and I'm kind of pissed that I took what could have been an easy renewal at the same amount of money—three million, three and a half, four. And turned that into oh one and a half two million maybe yeah I just threw two million dollars away no big deal what was it it was well, not it just, was
2: not planned it, it didn't go that way it, you know uh, I don't know what the motivation is to, about whether I had offers or not I mean that's silly I mean I, I I mean if you read the release that was written the guy who was the number one deal maker in all of sports handled all the offers and said <laughs> he had an enormous number of opportunities. Right in the release, in a quote, why would he do that? He doesn't have to do that. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need to say it. He put his credibility on the line there. Oh, yeah. That's what he said because it's true. But that's not the point. I don't need to talk about that. I'm not here to talk about all the offers I had. People wanted to say I didn't have any offers. That's just silly. I mean, but I, I don't know what silly. the motivation
0: of that was. You know, he sounds more and more like Martin Short in that classic SNL clip where he plays the Uh, the executive, the business executive who's smoking a cigarette and sweating bullets as he's being interviewed by 60 Minutes. Uh, I don't don't
2: know what you're talking about. Well, you'll pardon me for saying this, but you seem defensive. I'm not being defensive. You're the one who's being defensive. Why is it always the other person who's being defensive? Have you ever asked yourself that? Why don't you ask yourself that? All right. This is an affidavit. I know that. Well, let me finish. This is an affidavit from a woman who's got severe nerve damage on her upper thighs from sitting on one of your defective whoopee cushions. Here, read it. You read it. Well, I have read it. So why do I have to read it? Well, it does pertain to your company. I know that. Why wouldn't I know that? It's my company. I am quite aware of that. (laughs) Is it me? It's him, right? I decided to come back and do this because in the talk that we had and the partnership that we built with CAA and with Intercom, that's what the owner of the company
0: wanted me to do. It was important for him. So that's what I did. And there you go. The reviews are not as kind. Andrew Marchand on the New York Post writes the following. What Francesa didn't do on his first show back was really explain why he had an 18-month retirement tour, only to return four and a half months later, telling his audience it was, quote, mostly none of their business. Francesa, writes Marshand needed FAN and claimed an unnamed radio station had interest, but didn't say which one. Sources say Francesa used a real or imagined job at WOR as leverage to get his old gig back. Mostly, Francesa acted as if he had never left. He's the overwhelming favorite, writes Marchand, to win the spring ratings book over ESPN's The Michael K Show, even though his program is not particularly good anymore, and it hasn't been for a while. Francesa is dismissive of his audience and drones on, but a lot of people don't seem to mind. For his diehards, Francesa's thick Long Island accent was the return Tuesday of the soundtrack of their childhoods, or just a familiar voice that has aged with them. They were clearly happy to have him back, no matter the circumstances. Francesa took a pay cut to return, basically waved off the one caller who told him he overplayed his hand. I just played you that soundbite. Part of his appeal, even at 64 years old, is how ridiculous he is, writes Marchand, which is funny, intentionally or not. Francesa claimed A-Rod asked to be the first guest on his return show, And Francesa responded, sure, why not? It's hard to believe, writes Marshan Rodriguez, ever said anything like, hey, J-Lo, did you hear about it? Mike's on. I've got to be the first guest. Hopefully Mike will let me be the first guest. Ooh, I'm going to text him. A theme of the show is how Francesa has noticed that apps are where everything is going regarding video and audio. Said Francesa, apps are the future. He said there's, that his app is going to come out sometime in August and said, quote, there are things that are, there are going to be things that haven't been done before, quote unquote. Writes Marchand in the New York Post, for that to be true, someone will have to work. And there's, and there continue to be a laziness to Francesa's show. When he had Eli Manning on, he failed to ask even one question specifically about Saquon Barkley. Jesus, really? Also, wouldn't it have been nice to know what Manning had thought leading up to the draft, and on the big night, it wasn't even asked. Manning, to his credit, did snap off the best line of the show, kidding Francesa, quote, that was the shortest retirement I've ever seen. By himself, writes Marchand, Francesa just drones on, living on reputation more than anything else. But he is right. It is a different world, and it's hard for a talk show host to stick out because everyone with these new up-and-coming apps... Now has a voice. Francesa is still a big deal because of his history, but listening to all three and a half hours of his show felt more like work than joy. And it seemed like he owed his loyal listeners a little more. Andrew Marshan writing in the Post. No, actually, he gave his listeners exactly what I think they want and exactly what they like about him. He gave them arrogance. Francesa's brand is unalloyed, sheer, and at times delusional arrogance. And that is his brand. That's his product. That's what he does best. And he delivered. It's fascinating. God bless him. He's back. There's an app coming out. Hey, Zeb, why don't you get an app? (laughs) Why do I need an app? Got iTunes, got Libsyn, I've got Spotify, I got Stitcher, I've got all this, I've got you, my listeners. And I thank you for that. Hey, let's talk to my older brothers from up north, Bob and Brian. We We're already recording this, so that's what? Good. So, yeah, we can run right Jeez, into this. I
1: don't these soft opens that you have here, Steve. You catch me so off guard. Well, hey, you know, I'm what? used to a rigid broadcast <laughs> protocol. I uh, still joining us fours now: and sixes and three and four of a kind, <laughs> and a small straight. One, two, three, no.
0: Joining me now on the Zabecast, renowned FM shock jocks, Bob and Brian. Hey, man, breaking all the rules. What are we doing? Breaking the rules. We're making new rules, then we're breaking the rules. Yeah, exactly. You know who's breaking the rules? Kim Jong-un. Brian, I've been waiting all week to tee you up on the Zabecast <laughs> for our good buddy Kim Jong-un. This fucker is awesome. Like, we're going to awesome. miss him. Yes, in, a, in his own sort of despotic, psychotic... World peace threatening way. How disturbed would you be if you came
1: into my house and I had a picture of him hanging on the wall because I thought he was awesome? <laughs> better <laughs> yet, than a
0: picture, how about a painting? <laughs> a painting of our dear leader.
1: Those paintings that make them better looking than they are. Absolutely, <laughs> With like higher cheekbones. Right, and right, right. Bigger right, right, chest. Right, right. Yeah, they had better color to their face. I mean, fucking
0: arms uh, on them like they've been <laughs> like they're a lumberjack. Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> just. Just fucking ripped. So I've been dying to ask you, Brian, because you're a student of world affairs and you have a good long view perspective on these things. Do you think this nuclear peace is real between North and South Korea?
1: Well, I think Trump wants to get rid of the nuclear weapons there, so he leaned on China with this steel tariff to lean on North Korea. To quit fucking around with nuclear weapons is bad for business. In other words, the Sopranos uh...
0: approach of, hey, you know what? Life is going to get shittier for you guys if you keep going down this road.
1: So I think this is from pressure from
0: China, from pressure from Trump. But this is all it took, though? It has to be more than this. Like I was reading about how some Chinese scientists had figured out that the height of the mountain under which Kim Jong-un was blowing off his firecrackers had shrunk. And they surmised that there was a collapse of his underground nuke testing facility. And that not only is that rendering it unuse, uh, not useful, unuseful, useless, useless. unusable. That's the word yeah. I'm looking for. But it's near a volcano that could go off and really fuck up China. And but, that was like, and that was like, in, yeah, true,
1: in true bad guy form, where do you have your lair? <laughs> but by under a mountain? By a, well, volcano. a volcano. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's the most evil of places. Of all, of all layers. Yeah. James Bond right? did it. It's one of his. Oh, undercover brother. A volcano? Yeah. 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 That's but,
0: where you go, Steve. But this was Where's China. the bad guy. This was China going, hey, you're going to fuck this volcano up, and it's going to fuck our country up, so knock it off already. We're done with this. Kind of like the mom and dad who let the kid blow off firecrackers in his room (laughs) until he blew a a hole in the door. Right, Bob? And now the mom and dad are like, that's enough. What the fuck? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Right? What are you, a fucking idiot? Yeah, you fucking idiot. (laughs) And now I got the neighbors calling the police on me, which would be Trump and the steel tariffs. Enough of this shit. I'm finally going to crack down. This is now washing up on my shore. But is it real? Is it gonna last? Or are they gonna or is Kim Jong un gonna cheat and start saying, You know what, now I'm blowing off nukes again. Well, well
1: if his uh, nuclear uh, facility volcano collapsed on itself, that it might be a really good time for him to get out and
0: Right. Get out of the
1: business. If he starts getting his people fed, that might be a really good way to stay out of it. So you saw a casino, right, Steve O? Yeah, I love casino. And remember when the guy who played Billy Bats and in, uh, in uh, Goodfellas? Okay. And he was uh, he was frankly a in uh, in the Sopranos. That guy when he went when he went back home and they they were asking him questions and he lied and he said, I couldn't tell them that. They'd have they, all killed if I told him the truth. <laughs> That's kind of where uh, the funion is if he lies to China, they'll kill you if they find out you're lying, you're done. Really? Lying to China is not in his best interest. Yeah, we shut that
0: down. to worry about it. The great Frank Vincent, who played Frank Vincent, Phil yeah, Leotardo,
1: who was actually
0: uh, he died was, what, died in September.
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, we had him on the show a few years ago. He was. Uh, he was in a band. He was like a clarinet player. He started out doing that as a as a young
0: man and got into acting, kind of like how Uncle June sang songs and produced yeah. albums. Had oh, him right. on, yeah, yeah. We had yeah. him on, yeah. He was yeah. pushing. He was pushing an album. Frank Vincent in Raging Bull, Goodfellas, and Casino, amongst other movies involving gangsters, because he had the perfect gangster look, the perfect mafia guy look. So, uh, what?
1: Casino? Did he get the hell belted out of him in the cornfield? Good. F- no, he beat the hell out of Joe Pesci and his brother in Casino and threw him into the hole in the cornfield. He's right. the guy who beats him
0: out there. Right. He's okay. the guy with the bat. Yeah. Oh fuck! Did you know what Bob? Thanks for reminding me of that scene. Now my day is ruined. My Tuesday what? is. Fu- yeah, that's a horrible. All right, just scene. take that. Just take that. And just, I can hardly eat corn anymore. Tweak it a little
1: until <laughs> you get to the copier mashing scene in Office Space. It's just a step away. It's just the same. Right. But a copier is not a human being. Yeah, and you can't. And that's imagine. why you'd re- you should think of that instead of <laughs>
0: oh. the cornfield scene. So back to Kim Jong Un. So at that little meet and greet there at the denuclearized or demilitarized zone, mm-hmm. he the most br- highly militarized place in the world. Irony alert ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> had security that was running with his car. A phalanx of security officers in perfectly matching black suits with black thin ties. Hup, 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 Yeah, it was like the men the in car. black uh, escort. <laughs> That's awesome! Like he's never heard of motorcycles, apparently. Well, here uh, let's just let's just let's just.
1: Oh, he wants his people in shape, except for him. How? Okay, right. fat fuck. What? All right, how have do a think... salad, you fat hey, watch, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Watch, watch how you use that. I'm a fat fuck. Uh, I was referring to the most evil. you flip it yeah. over, you fat. Fuck. Get
0: off my car before you flip it over. Yeah, Tony was no skinny lady so, no, either. How do, you think, how do you think he trains? Do you think Kim Jong Un trains those guys personally by leaning out the window of his armored SUV with a bullhorn, telling them to hurry up? And then the well, slowest. No. How about every day they run 5K alongside that car at an insane clip? Like. 15 miles. What would be a fast clip to run for any length of time? 15 miles an hour? That'd
1: be flying. 10 miles That's moving
0: pretty good. How about
1: 8 miles an hour? For me, 6 miles an hour is a good clip. Um, A jog. If you you run slow, slowly, and don't keep up, that might be seen as an insult to the dear leader.
0: Right. Like, I'm thinking to train that outfit. It's like,
1: hey, you're supposed to keep up here because you're keeping me from being
0: killed by... Assassin. I, think, I think every day he starts with fifty of those guys at the start of this. It's like American Idol, but you die. <laughs> and and the first day, the last, the slowest guy of the fifty gets blown up by a mortar in front of the other forty nine.
1: That could and then, very well be then, and then the then, next day the next day. Also they, the problem you're running into there is you're you're just so out of energy and so fatigued. That's what I was waiting you've to get you. it, You've been on the dirt diet <laughs> okay, for so, five years. Well, hold on. If something happens to the dear leader, and now I have to swing into action as a bodyguard. I've been running four miles next to the car. I'm exhausted. I have no energy to save your fucking right, life. Right. What right. are you <laughs> gonna <done> do, fucking <laughs> leader? You just you're now. Just, what are you gonna do? You're just hanging on the guy's lapels like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I gotta get him in yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense. Shake him a little Give bit. Give him no. motorcycles. Give him go
0: karts. Give him right. Give ooh, them, um, ooh, they could have Shriners, like, go, Shriners and go-karts with the little Fez hats doing figure eights around his car. <laughs> what kind of car is that, by the way? Have you looked at the car? It's a Mercedes-Benz. To... Yeah. So yeah so what kind they... of
1: motorcycles would they get? Good ones. Are there any good Chinese or
0: Russian motorcycles? There's, there's motorcycles. You didn't say Good. Well, Best is, of course, Harley Davidson, manufactured right. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right? Which is,
1: I was going to say, what
0: if, uh, what, if like see, the... what if you see
1: what if you see him on Harleys over
0: there? How do you feel about that?
1: Do you have a little American pride, or are you going well, how they get Harleys? Well, he's they got German, ever get cars. Japanese,
0: because yeah, they fucking hate the German. right, they're not, right,
1: they're not right, they're not getting a, yeah. those.
0: Well, uh, mm. I think they should. Uh, it would be Maybe great. Triumph's
1: from Great Britain. All right, so let's say <laughs>
0: so let's say someone close to Kim Jong-un convinces him, hey, these dudes running alongside your car, not a good idea, because Gunny. they're just going to get machine gunned down by somebody up in a <laughs> right. sniper's nest, and they're going to be too tired if anyone runs at your car. Hey, You've go hands got hands-on, good luck. Yeah, we've got armored locks, we've got armored this, armored that. You don't need these fuckers. Oh, uh, yes, but they'll look cool. <laughs> Yeah, I know it looks cool, dear leader, but I'm just trying to use the best manpower we can. Yeah, if you're worried about looking cool, do something about that haircut, okay? (laughs) I think he looks like Mao. I think he looks like Mao. He does. But his smile, though, I gotta say... It's infectious.
1: Really? It's yes! a winning, happy smile?
0: Yes, when I see Like when he smile. stepped across
1: that little concrete border thing, it was like a, oh, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's hugging, he's hugging the guy from Play South Korea. Put in the
1: old vice. <laughs> <laughs> like, like far,
0: put it on the old I want to see him go to an amusement park. And just get a big cotton candy and get they on a roller coaster. Them. They
1: have plenty of them there. They have them all. No, American amusement park. Around they, have, they, have, they, have they have North Korean amusement, Korean parks, amusement parks. They just parks? don't have anyone. Oh, yeah, they built them. Really? They just don't have anyone
0: in them. Because nobody can afford it. Because you're busy eating. Dirt. All their stuff is a
1: ghost town. They built all kinds of shit there that no one is in. <laughs> they have stores with no customers. Right. Put, put out food for you to buy. Let's say for there was somehow.
0: Let's say there was somehow a decapitating strike or an uprising that overthrew Kim Jong Un and his regime, and then the Western world, and everyone got to flood into North Korea. For... Oh, you could put an ad in the paper.
1: It's like turnkey ready. Just to move in. There's all kinds of facilities there. There's just no food, to put in the stores or, right. or or crops in the field or or anything.
0: Infrastructure. Impra- yeah, right they've right got now. infrastructure
1: okay. up the yay right, and I don't in so, the river.
0: So so if you rushed in and the Western world documented what was there, what do you think they would see? Would it be like the worst episode of Hoarders where you finally <laughs> see all the starvation and the hopelessness? Because whenever Western journalists are allowed in North Korea, you just see the sanitized, nice part of the city. And there's minders and watchers everywhere you go. Do you think if we really rushed in there after a decapitating action that we'd like, holy shit, this place is bad? Well, what's what's the
1: alternative that you rush in there and you look around and everything is as good as they've always advertised it to be? Impossible. I guess you're right. I guess Never. it would be no. No. No, bad. I guess be worse. I'm wondering
0: what it would It's going to be like.
1: worse than you can imagine, Steve. The, yeah. the atrocities uh, And that do you think been... this
0: will happen in our lifetimes? Because this is a <sighs> weak move good by Christ. him to give up his nukes. You can say, well, well, start feeding your people and they'll start loving you, or you start feeding them and they get a little bit of energy and they're like, fucking let's go kill this guy. Now that I've had a decent meal, (laughs) you should have been wanting to fucking kill this asshole with a bad haircut. (laughs) Oh, it takes a couple hundred thousand people to go. Let's get them. chicken
1: wings are great. That reminds
0: me. Let's kill the leader.
1: Play the the tacos and they're ready to go. (laughs) All right, if in
0: three years there's actual, genuine denuclearization and there's peace in the Korean Peninsula, what are the chances on a scale of one to ten, ten being certainty, one being virtually no chance, what are the chances that... Donald Trump would actually be awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Well,
1: if you use the transitive theory, like uh, Barack Obama got it for doing nothing, nothing, then Donald Trump should get it for doing something.
0: It's a 10, but that's not how it works. He would have solved the so-called toughest geopolitical puzzle on the planet.
1: But the left-wing blubberheads that hand that out of course, he'd have maybe a five. Yeah, they I don't could, even think it'd be most, as high as a five. I they think would, be would be a probably a give it to Kim Jong Un. <laughs> uh, yes, because I
0: deserve it. You know what I really Nicole think? Lord the piece. You are right. Would, they would. They would. There is no I, chance yeah. they're going to give it to him. And the craziest thing is, for years, every pundit has said solemnly on TV, "There is no good options." They're all bad oh, yeah, options, right? Like this well, is you the, can't
1: go in there and blow everyone away because now the, you
0: got a country full of people that hate you anyway. Yeah, this is the toughest thing. Don't know anything thing. about market economies, right? This is the most difficult Gordian knot of a geopolitical problem. There's no good options. They're all bad options. They're bad options and worse options. And what if yeah. Trump came in and just with a pink pushed on one little thing, like the tariffs to China and aluminum, got, yeah, and got things yeah, going. He'd
1: just be called the. Still the worst president ever, but yeah. I think that's no, we thought. No, we'd go, yes, but what about Stormy Daniels? Yeah, right. Now, back to the real problem, Stormy Daniels. I, you know what I think? Did he collude with the Russians? He <laughs> yeah. just solved the North Korean problem. he a
0: problem for 65 years. I already see the yeah. headlines saying, was this diplomacy or, quote, dumb luck? What if he does it? They're, they're, they're the doing water. the dumb luck thing already on some headlines. You've seen what? that, right? What if he does this while Stormy Daniels is, like, yanking
1: him off? I mean, he does it like like with half his attention, like, yeah, keep going like that, Stormy. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, like oh, oh, I got to solve this.
0: Yeah. Look here. Big trouble. <laughs> yeah. You need to drop the nukes.
1: Oh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just
0: impersonate our president <laughs> getting a hand job? Yes. yes, <laughs> yes accomplishing yes. world I peace while filthy. getting a... Uh, yeah. I feel very dirty for doing that. Yeah, well, let's not say, first of all, I think what really brought them together. And what really bridged this gap, two guys with awful haircuts. I think the both of them. Him and Don. No, seriously. I think the two of them, they, they get each other because they've got the shittiest haircuts ever. The goofiest, <laughs> stupidest haircuts. And they both think those haircuts are good because they That's, willingly go out in public well, with those haircuts. Trump's
1: hair. been winding his hair around his head for so long. Oh, my God. I just don't yeah. know.
0: It's unbelievable. I wonder when it
1: just went past the point of just being a comb over and got it's, into being. It's quite a thing. Don't I say you, you said that long ago that you got a close up look at him and you said his hair is really. You, you described his as too in some wild Complicated
0: stuff. bird's nest. <laughs> well, you, you said
1: pulley. You worked pulleys and levers in there. It's a complicated system of <laughs> yeah. pulleys and levers, you said a million years ago about Trump's hair. And and that I mean, was. That I mean, was at least a decade ago. Right. Was it really? Yeah. I said that. Yeah. And yeah. you remember you me saying him?
0: that. God, I don't remember anything I say. It's weird. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That's why we're here, Steve. Yeah, thank you for remember that. It's not that Kim Jong Un has no good ideas cuz guess what else he did when he went to this summit? He brought his own shitter. Yeah. We we did you guys talked talk about, about that. that. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. For those that don't know, he brought his own toilet cuz he was worried that they would take his shit. And then reverse engineer it and find out <laughs> secrets about his health. That's incredible.
1: You I get know, a shit bucket I know, and bring it with you. I don't know about that story because one, who's Why? the source of that information?
0: Two, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. He whoa. was he was in a he traveled in a train car and so so his train car has a bathroom in it. Would you expect any less of any other foreign leader? To have his own private car. With I his guess, own private well, well, isn't this interesting, Steve? It sounds like somebody's getting soft on <laughs> communism. Soft enough <laughs> <in> the north. <laughs> I know.
0: I guess I know, they but got I, to I, you, I read ben Nelson. Head, I read that headline,
1: and then I I looked the story. And I said, "Oh, we got to talk about this." We got to talking about it on the air, and I thought, well, "Is there really nothing here?" This is... <laughs> he, it he, sounds good, though. I think he has no. A, I think a train car with his own, you know, bed and you know, how would it be if he had his own car and his train, and he had to come off and go? You have a shit out around here somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That doesn't work. I bet. Is this supposed to be on the train? I bet. Well, whose turns do you think are harder to get? (laughs) (laughs) The the Funyuns. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I gotta toss this out there. All right. Discuss after I get the two names out there. The Funyun or Oprah's. Who's Who's the Funyun? That's Kim Jong-un. That's what we call him, the Funyun. Oh, you call him the
0: Funyun, okay. Funyun. The (laughs) Funyun. The Funyun. Good question. Both turds are very hard to get, and I've searched the internet. They're both poop gold. Right, Exactly. (laughs) A lot, a lot of counterfeits out there claiming to be Oprah's shit, and it's really not Oprah. It's Stedman's shit. <laughs> God, we really... I think we're we taking a turn into a dark corner did, of yeah, this yeah. thing. Thank you, Bob. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, you guys brought up the shit, or I'm just <laughs> <Yeah>. throwing up <laughs> the not the, the
0: actual shit. I think... <laughs> I think... I think <laughs> yeah. they actually... I think they actually brought a toilet. It was a full toilet, and it was gold-plated, and it weighed like 500 pounds. It took four handmaidens to carry it and it was forged by prisoners probably no they took the gold fillings out of the teeth of of prisoners well no they wouldn't have gold fillings right it's korea no, not in north korea yeah I, I think he brought his own toilet it was a fully functioning toilet except for the water he dry docked he dry docked one in south korea which is one of the most disgusting things. that is a disgusting <laughs> you ever heard of guys dry docking at hardware stores Home Depot, Lowe's, etc. Oh, yeah. yeah they did do you know what Jack that is? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they I mean, did it's... it on Jackass. Dry dock. Yeah. Go yeah. find a toilet in a store, take a shit, do, leave it Kim
1: there. Do Kim Jong un rushing off a train again asking where <laughs> oh, the toilets yeah, like, are. You got to
0: imagine <laughs> the face, though. Ooh, <laughs> oh, like, like he just oh, had a big shit. dinner. <laughs> like he <laughs> like like, just like, had oh, a big oh,
1: bowl oh, of chop okay. suey and it's not sitting right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, I need oh, something nice. don't agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> Engineers forget to put shit on a real car. How about this? <laughs> who, who did
0: that? How scared would you be to be the guy to knock on the door of the shitter to see if he's okay? I'm in here God leave me alone. <laughs> Execute that man. He said no crack on my business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dear Jake you occupy.
0: Yeah, I would be afraid I gotta do the shit in peace around here. Come on. I I'm going you know, the only downside of this whole uh thing with uh, you know, a peaceful North and South Korea, if they end up getting rid of the downside. DMZ, there's one downside. There's only one small thing, Brian, that's not mm-hmm. great about it. They've them. already
1: mm-hmm. started dismantling the speakers. Yeah uh,
0: that they uh Really? To, yeah yeah to Blair the, uh, uh yeah. to Blair propaganda across the way.
1: Yeah K pop music into North Korea, yeah. The only downside is... So no more
0: Psy for North Korea. Oh, Gangnam style. (laughs) Gangnam style. God, I love that. I hope Psy... Whoop, whoop, whoop. whoop, whoop. I hope Psy someday plays a sold-out concert in Pyeongchang in North Korea. (laughs) That That would would be one of the more wonderful things uh, geopolitically would have. Pyeongchang is in South Korea. Oh, Pyongyang. Yeah, they should probably change those names. Well... In case you get a, a plane ticket to the wrong place. Because even if we were to <laughs> even if we were to reunite the Koreas, the North is going to suck for quite some time. Going to take a while to get them up to speed.
1: Just as confused by San Francisco and San Isidro. Sure, San yeah. Francisco Kaksaka.
0: <laughs> Pyongyang <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> <kak-suk-a>. <laughs> <laughs> okay so the only downside is a deadwood
1: reference by yeah, the way the only
0: downside as we exit here is that I wanted to someday take a road win get a road win in the DMZ a road win in the DMZ was one of the, the most hardest dangerous road place on earth yes to be able to take a shit to have the nerves of steel Bob to pinch <laughs> one out in the middle of the DMZ if they get rid of the DMZ that's a great it's like a, it's like this? a stadium that's closed. You can no longer get a road win there if it's closed. This is your life goal. Did I say that? Well, I said I, it was yeah. on my list. Okay. <laughs> it's got right. a list. Got a list. For more Bob and Brian, subscribe yes. to Bob and Brian World. World. It's better wow. than Bob and Brian Land, which is in California, and smaller <laughs> in scale. <laughs> the Bob and Brian World is bigger. Am I right about that? Uh, you're yeah, right, yeah. We ran out of
1: room. And,
0: and, and what do you get at small. Bob and Brian World? Uh there's video
1: there's uh, I think there's a there's a daily update from archives. the archives of your yeah. past yeah. shows yes. when you oh, guys yeah.
0: were in Toledo and there's today's the show on yep. there sure yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. very yeah. good I love if you, it if it's Bob and Brian it's there
0: Guys, thanks yeah. for giving me 25 minutes of fun. I'll see you tomorrow yeah. on the radio, where we can't <laughs> uh, say any of this shit.
1: I know it's all we gotta gotta go back to the uh, gotta sterilize Sterilized, this thing. Uh,
0: I forgot it's to give a score today, up. by the way. I forgot to give a score on your show. I'm sorry about that. Uh, it's as too your late sports now. guy, <laughs> I know. As your sports guy, I'm I'm, I'm 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 tasked with giving scores at all times. It's Especially our reset. baseball scores yeah yeah exactly it's a nice little reset all, all right. right boys tell it you guys have a good well, thanks for having
1: us thank you see you bye. bye
0: we'll end with this today file it under stupid of of horrible and stupid ways to die no wait what 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 was my bit I can't even remember it now uh horrible and ironic ways to die how about just dumb this is the dumbest one I've ever heard A 57-year-old man in Oklahoma is dead after being bitten by a rattlesnake. This, according to his wife. Well, he must have been out hiking and didn't notice in the early morning as the sun came up a rattlesnake and didn't have time to hear the rattlesnake (laughs) rattle his tail. No, no, that was not the case. 57-year-old Barry Lester died when he was driving and saw the rattlesnake in the middle of the road and decided to stop and move it out of the way. Good God. What are you, an idiot? During the attempt, it bit him twice. Said Lester's wife, Roberta, quote, it bit his left hand, then he put it in his right hand, and it bit that one, too. The couple was traveling to Keystone Lake when the incident occurred. We were just going to go have a walk and enjoy the day outside. Enjoying the lake, she said. It was Barry's birthday. Oh my, what? What the hell did you just say? Happy birthday. You're dead. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, there's a snake in the road in Oklahoma. Do you ever see snake roundups, rattlesnake roundups, where they, they collect a bunch of them and they make skins out of them and they fry them and they cook them? The, Oklahoma is teeming with rattlesnakes. They don't need Anyone to gently move a rattlesnake out of the road. I understand the humanitarian aspect of it, but still, are you kidding me? Wow. Reminds me of the scene in Wedding Crashers. Will Ferrell joking about picking up a chick after her boyfriend died. You met her at a funeral? Yeah.
2: Dude died in a hang gliding accident. What an idiot.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm hang gliding. Honey,
2: take a good picture. I'm
0: dead. What a freak. Ah, <laughs> uh, take a picture. I'm hand gliding. Ah, uh-huh. bam, I'm dead. Idiot. Hey, I'm moving a snake out of the road. Ooh, it bit me in, in my hand. Let me let me go use my other hand. Ooh, it bit me in that hand. After realizing he was bit, Barry told his wife they needed to go to the hospital. Well, there at least there was that. They rushed to meet the ambulance at their home, which would then take him to a nearby hospital in Tulsa. But then... Barry's head suddenly dropped, she said, and that was it. Emergency officials tried to revive the 57-year-old, but it was too late. He died from a combination of the rattlesnake bite and an existing heart condition. Yeah, that would suck as well. The story says Barry had wrangled snakes before, which is why, according to his wife, he was confident he could move the rattler safely from the road. But now his wife has a warning for others. Don't mess with snakes. If you hear it rattling, you leave it alone. Well, no fucking shit. Here is a snake that has a deadly poison in its fangs, and it also has a rattle at the end of its tail. The only snake in the world that has such a thing. For one reason, to warn people, hey, fuck you, I'm a rattlesnake, I'm poisonous, I could bite you, Could fuck up your day, maybe kill you, I wouldn't grab me, I wouldn't step on me, I wouldn't come near me. And yet, a guy still didn't take the rattle to heart. Rest in peace, Barry. You did, you died doing what you love doing. for something like that. That'll do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you know the drill. Tell two friends. Tell the guy who cleans your pool. Leave a positive review. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets. And as Alex Ovechkin once said before the season, I kid you not, this is a real quote. He said... We are not going to be suck this year. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.